0: You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. The place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. In breaking news, we have a lot of breaking news. We have a lot more breaking news than we had yesterday. The biggest news of the day, Bills GM Brandon Bean signed a contract extension through the 2025 season. Great move by the Bills. He was responsible for the uh, Stephon Diggs trade. From the Vikings. He was responsible for the free agent signings of Cole Beasley and John Brown. Cole Beasley, especially, has done better as a Bill than he ever did as a Cowboy. So it's really deserving. Bills are going to be a, a tough team to play in the AFC East. And outside of the Dolphins, I can't see anyone really contending with them for the next couple years. Uh, so Bills make a smart move there. Christian McCaffrey, don't know what's up, man, but. He, uh he's going to be doubtful to play against the Broncos on Sunday with uh, the hip. It's uh, disappointing because everyone's been waiting for him to come back for the playoffs. And the playoffs are here. People are going to throw him in there expecting him to dominate. And now he's out again. So got to be frustrated if you're a Christian McCaffrey owner. He's going to be out yet again. So hopefully you win so you can maybe uh, get him back for the following week. But as it stands now, he's going to be probably not playing this uh, Sunday in Carolina against the Broncos. Steelers linebacker Vince Williams tested positive for COVID. Uh, all the uh, all the follow-up tests, if they're negative, m- well. I don't think it matters. He's not going to play this week. That's going to be a big blow to the Steelers' defense. They're already out Bud Dupree, Devin Bush. So the Bills' offense actually gets a boost. They could maybe be a little more effective than what we thought. It's it's tough when you're that short-handed. Steelers are trending that way on that Sunday night game. So uh, something to monitor. Devin Asiasi uh, was taken off the IR. He's the New England tight end, the rookie. Uh, Ryan Izzo was placed on the IR, so it's basically just a swap between the two. Ozzy Ozzy played uh, the game tonight. That was just, uh, I mean, I guess we can get into that game a little bit. That game was horrible. Patriots couldn't drive the ball. Cam Newton, uh, all i got to say is I think he's done. After watching his performance this season, he's not going to get a contract from another team. I mean, yeah, you can rush the ball, but when you're passing for like 70, 80 yards a game, that's not getting it done. Stidham came in to replace him after it was you know, 24-3. to 3. He looked a little bit better moving the ball, but still uh, really couldn't do a lot with it. Uh, Asiasi got a couple targets, really wasn't effective. That's going to be the case for everyone on New England from here on out, I think. It's a big mess over there. And although the Patriots were in the playoff hunt, I don't think that lasts long. I think uh, maybe another week and they'll be eliminated. Julian Edelman, this is some good news. He was activated from the COVID nineteen list, so he could be eligible to return and actually play. They really need him because, uh, as much as Jacoby Myers is impressing, Damir Bird has uh, kind of stepped up a little bit. Uh, Julian Edelman's kind of the grease that uh, you know that uh, makes the squeaky wheel go. And uh, with Julian Edelman's case, I mean, with how bad the offense is playing, I don't think he'll, he'll even make a difference. He's, he was dropping a lot of balls this year. Cam Newton hasn't exactly been accurate. He, uh, yeah, a lot of his checkdowns, so maybe Edelman will get a lot of targets, just not a lot of yards. It's great he's coming back off the uh, the COVID list and probably will see some action, but I don't think it's going to be... Uh, it's not going ge- to be any. Uh, it's not going to be fantasy relevant, I guess, is what I'm saying. So, I, I wouldn't be plugging him in there for a-, a championship run by any means. Denzel Mims, he will not play against Seattle. He uh, is going home to Texas for a personal matter, so he will miss the game. And Adam Gates was totally fine with that. That uh, kind of amps up Brandon or uh, Perriman and uh, Jamison Crowder. They could be good plays this week. As they're playing the Seattle Seahawks, and although Seattle Seahawks defense is improving, they still give up some passing yards. So I actually like Perryman a little bit better than Crowder in this game, but uh, I would I would start both of them, especially as a flex uh, in this matchup. Uh, moving on, Antonio Gibson still not practicing, so it's going to be the J D. McKissick show. So make sure you pay attention to that. J D. McKissick could actually be a decent play with. You know, the the volume he gets catching the ball. Especially if you're in a PP, uh, PPR league, J.D. McKissick's really attractive because he gets so many targets through the air. Uh, that's that's a lot of uh, PPR points. Mike Evans mispracticed with a hamstring injury. Chris Godwin came back from uh, his injury. And uh, it's just like they swap places. That makes me kind of nervous because I really liked Mike Evans in this matchup, and if he's not practicing, I'm not sure that he'll be available for the game. So that's something you need to monitor. But it's good that Chris Godwin's back. If Evans is out, I really like Antonio Brown a little bit more. I wasn't really high on Antonio Brown, but if it's just just going to be him and uh, Chris Godwin, I would be playing both of those with confidence. If Mike Evans does end up playing, I like Mike Evans the best. He's the one that's uh, ready to relies on in the red zone and Evans is getting the touchdowns. A.J. Brown, he missed the second straight day of practice. That's kind of scary. He has a great matchup against the Jaguars, and if he's going to miss, then Corey Davis definitely is a big play here. He can, uh, you know, I don't want to say he's going to do what he did last week because that's really hard to repeat that, but he can have a good day if A.J. Brown's out, especially with Janu Smith coming back. Uh, He's been practicing, so he should be full go for this game. Against the Jaguars, I, uh, I I like I like anyone on on the team. You need to start them. The Jaguars just have a really horrible defense. So uh, that about does it for the breaking news. The game tonight was crazy. I mean, it was predictable. We we thought the Rams would be able to score more than the Patriots. It'd be low scoring, and it was in both categories. The thing that surprised me was Cam Akers. I I figured he'd be the main back, but New England, I figured, would do a good job of containing him. They didn't. He had 175 yards rushing, uh, was really efficient in this game. He definitely is taking over the, the volume for the Los Angeles Rams. And I hate to say that because the Rams are such a running back by committee. You know, you'll play him next week based off of this performance, and then Malcolm Brown will get, like, two touchdowns and 70 yards rushing. And... Uh, Cam Akers will have 20, uh, not even 20, like three carries or something. So that's the frustrating thing about the Rams, but you got to like what you see from Cam Akers. He looked explosive. He definitely did a lot better than I thought he would against New England. And then Cooper Cup scored the touchdown. I predicted he wouldn't have a great game, and he really didn't. He only had like 33 yards receiving. Uh, that touchdown really saved him because it got him to about 10 points on the evening take away that touchdown and it's it's a bad day for a starting receiver so uh... thank god for that touchdown if you played him this week you're you're thanking god for that touchdown as well uh... rams defense dominant as always getting that defensive touchdown if you're in the playoffs you you probably one of the teams probably has the rams defense with how good they've been and uh... it was a great it was a strong showing and you're starting off on the right foot duds. I mean obviously Cam Newton we talked about any of the new basically anyone in New England's offense. Damien Harris uh left the game in the fourth quarter. It was that back injury again. It's uh it was flaring up or he re-injured it or something happened. So, he was out. We'll have to monitor that going forward to see if he's uh, going to be out multiple games or uh if he should be re- be ready to go next week. And uh, Bobby Treves, I thought he'd have a good game. He, eh, he really didn't. I mean, th- uh, this game overall was, offensively, it was pretty stagnant. And uh, But it's good news for the Rams. It moves them in the first place in the NFC West, and the Patriots really drop. Uh, they're 6-7, and seven, and they're, what, two, three games back from the Dolphins. And uh, four games back from the Bills, so their season's pretty much done. They're on life support. They really need uh, a fall from grace from either the uh, Colts or Titans at this point, to or the Dolphins, to uh, make a case for themselves. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man, I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. The Wiz Bond Weekly Preview, starting now. This first Sunday afternoon game is the New York Jets at the Seattle Seahawks. And I don't have a lot to say about it. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks are favored by 13.5 points. I get it. Seattle's at home. It's the New York Jets who haven't won a game all year. But that's two touchdowns. That's a lot of points. I I definitely think there's going to be a lot of points scored. But I think, you know, even though Seattle's defense is improving... I, I'm taking the Jets. I've, I've liked the way their offense has kind of improved the last couple of weeks, and just any team beating a team by two by two touchdowns is is a lot for me. Yeah, the over under is 47. I'm taking the over. I again think it's going to be a higher scoring game for the Jets than what people are thinking. Uh, fantasy football wise, you're starting Sam Darnold. I know I said it. It's uh, Seattle's defense has been. You know, you got to kind of ignore all the stats on it because they started off the year horrible. But they've really kind of put it together these last couple weeks, actually this last month. And their defense looks a lot better than it did. But I'm still starting Sam Darnold because I feel like if you're going to beat the Seattle Seahawks, the best way to do it is through the air. So you're starting him, you're starting Crowder, Perryman, Denzel Mims. Uh, not because I think all three of them are going to have a good game, you just don't know which one it is. I mean, Perryman and Mims gets like eight targets a game. Crowder just had a two touchdown game. Uh, they're they're all basically the same type of receiver. They all have the same ceiling. They all have the same floor. Uh, Mims got a two point conversion uh, a couple weeks ago. Perryman got the touchdown. So it's really just trying to predict which who's going to score the touchdown. If I had to choose in this matchup, I definitely think I would go. Uh, I. I don't know, I think Denzel Mims might have his breakout performance. So I, I would choose Denzel Mims, then Crowder, then Perryman in this matchup. Um, Ty Johnson, and this is if Frank Gore doesn't play. If Frank Gore plays, I like Frank Gore in this matchup at running back. If he if he doesn't, I like Ty Johnson. I think you can start Ty Johnson over Josh Adams. Josh Adams obviously would be a sit. And uh, Ty Johnson's intriguing just because the Seattle, they give up quite a bit of points to the running back position Ty Johnson had a great game last week ran hard if he can kinda look like he did last week I think he can have a really good game if Frank Gore doesn't play Chris Herndon's a bench for me we don't need to talk about it he has a good matchup against Seattle but Chris Herndon is just not very good this year and he's really irrelevant for the Seattle Seahawks you're starting everybody Uh, Jacob Hollister, I want to make a special note of, because the Jets are one of the worst teams defending the tight end. I think they are the worst team defending the tight end. Really, a lot of that has to do with Darren Waller's like, career performance last week, so I think that really bumps them up, but Jacob Holl- Hollister can really be a, a good play here with this type of matchup. Uh Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, you're starting both of them, and of course Chris Carson, you're you're starting him as well. You're you're starting everyone against the Jets. The Jets did a pretty good job against the Raiders at the running back position last week, but uh, they weren't playing uh, Chris Carson, and <laughs> Chris Carson is uh, he's a good running back. He has and he has a, he has a better matchup than he did last week against the Giants in this one. So that's how I see this game unfolding. Seahawks win. Just uh, I think it's closer than two touchdowns this next game is the Indianapolis Colts at the Las Vegas Raiders Colts are favored by three points I'm taking the Colts on that I agree I'm not liking what I'm seeing from the Raiders you know they got lucky basically the Jets tanked to have them uh, have the Raiders pull that one out at the end They lost the week before, just got annihilated by the uh, Falcons. They're really not on the upswing right now. 51.5 is the over-under on that. I like the under. I I don't think they're going to be scoring 25 points each. I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to score that much against this Colts defense. The starting sitting-wise, you're starting Phillip Rivers. This is a great matchup for him. You, the Raiders give up a lot of points. Sam Darnold actually had a pretty decent week, uh, pre, you know, last week against the Raiders. So I'm I'm definitely starting Phillip Rivers, and T.Y. Hilton. We, we kind of talked about it. I I like him in the slot against uh, the Raiders. Jamison Crowder scored two touchdowns. I think T.Y. Hilton's in a similar mold to Jamison Crowder, so you can start T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman. I think uh, you know, he's getting targets, but I think he'll get more yards finally. He's been hovering around the 30 to 60 yard mark and not scoring touchdowns. So that kind of hurts fantasy football wise, but uh, I think this could be a game where he kind of breaks that and gets in the end zone. And then Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, you can start both of them. I think both of those guys are going to be the the running backs to, to play. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's getting more opportunities. He's taking advantage of them. Naheem Hines... He's a pass-catching threat. Raiders give up a lot of uh, catches to the running back position, and Jordan Wilkins can be on the bench because as Jonathan Taylor's opportunities increase, Jordan Wilkins is decreasing. So I wouldn't start him in a fantasy football playoff matchup. At this point, you need to go with the sure things. Jonathan Taylor I would, Uh, and Naheem Hines I actually would probably put in as like a flex position Hunter Renfro, I I, uh, I would start him for the Las Vegas Raiders just because I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to pass very well in this matchup against the Colts, but you need to get the targets somewhere, and Hunter Renfro is just their most reliable receiver. Darren Waller, of course, he has a bad matchup against the Colts. Colts are one of the best teams against the tight end, but you can't bench Darren Waller. He's you know top two tight end. So you're throwing them out there regardless. You're basically sitting everyone else, though. Uh, you're sitting Derek Carr, Devontae Booker, Henry Ruggs, Nelson Aguilar. You're basically, yeah, there's, there's, there's not a lot that uh, to like with this Raiders offense against this Colts defense. The over-under is 51.5, so basically Vegas is telling you they think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't see that. I'm taking the under. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. And there's actually not going to be as much action as uh, what we might think there will be. So, you know, Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, tight ends for the Colts. Those guys can be benches as well. Raiders do a decent job against the tight ends. And this is a game on paper where it looks kind of intriguing. But then you go through the numbers and you kind of dig through everything. It's, uh, I don't know, it's not as, as exciting as uh, after you go through it all. But regardless, Colts are going to win it, and uh, it, you're taking the under. Speaking of a defensive matchup, kind of like what I was talking about with the Colts game, the Washington football team is going all the way to the West Coast to play the San Francisco 49ers. And, again, this is going to be a defensive battle. I like the Washington football team. It's the, the Niners are favored by three. I think the Washington football team is accelerating. They're playing really well right now. They just beat the undefeated Steelers. Their defense is really tough. The 49ers, though they have a good defense, their offense is not playing as well. So I just think it favors the Washington football team in this one, and especially if the 49ers win, I don't think it'll. I think it'll be by less than three points. The over/under is 43.5. I'm taking the under, which means I don't think these teams are going to be scoring a lot in this game. Starting and sitting uh, for the Washington football team, I'm starting Alex Smith. I think uh, you know his five yard game management type style will will do well especially if he doesn't turn the ball over and this is kind of a revenge game since he started his career with the 49ers so I expect good things from Alex Smith JD McKissick it's a middle of the road line or matchup but uh, with his receiving I think he'll get a lot of targets especially in a PPR league I think McKissick's a great play here Uh, and Antonio Gibson's going to probably be out with that foot injury so I really, I really like the uh, the value of J.D. McKissick here. Terry McLaurin, you're starting him. It's Terry McLaurin. He had a bad week last week, but uh, I'd still roll him out there. He's one of those receivers that you don't want to bench, especially as this is going to be a playoff game. Cam Sims, I liked what he did last week, and I think he continues to you know keep it rolling. He's six five, so he's just a monster. Uh, a lot taller than uh, Steven Sims who. I have on the bench. I don't think Steven Sims is a guy that uh, you can rely on in this matchup. And uh, Brandon Payton, or sorry, Brandon Payton, Payton Barber. Payton Barber is going to be a a, a sit. You can can keep him on your bench. He might get some goal line carries and vulture them from McKissick, but uh, you're really just relying on touchdowns if you play him, and you don't want to do that if you're in a playoff game. Logan Thomas, I hate to say it, he had such a great game last week. Everyone's building him up, which they should because he's really kind of come alive the last couple weeks. But he's going to have a bad game here. 49ers are just so good at defending the tight end that uh, I don't think Logan Thomas is going to be a much of a factor in this one. So for the San Francisco 49ers, I'm basically starting two people. I'm starting Jordan Reed. I just love Reed's ability. This matchup here is uh, not an amazing one, but it's good enough that I I would play Jordan Reed. I like the amount of targets he gets at tight end, and with how, uh, I don't know, with the uh, dearth of performances from the tight end position, Jordan Reed is one of those guys where you're like, you can get excited about, and he definitely has the upside to give you a, a great game, so... Could he be a boom or bust option? He could be, but he's a boom or bust option that I am excited to put into my lineup. Uh, Debo Samuel, if he plays, he definitely he's on the injury report, so he there is a chance he might not play. But if he plays, I really like his uh, opportunities here. They'll be using him a lot. He's like a running back at wide receiver, so I like his rushing abilities. I think he gets a lot of targets. And he's the only wide receiver in this matchup that I would even play against Washington because Washington's really good at defending the wide receiver position. Uh, Nick Mullins is on the bench. He Mostert, I hate to put him on the bench, but he's there with Wilson. I just don't know how they're going to break it up with those running backs. And with that Washington defensive line, they have one of the best defensive lines in football. I don't think you're going to be getting a lot, uh, you know. On, maybe they get some receiving yards that help uh, out their performance, but... Uh, Mostert and Wilson are are on my bench Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne on my bench as well the the Washington football team just defends the wide receivers so I I don't want to play them and uh, again this is an intriguing game, I'm excited to watch it just for the defensive performances and uh, the Washington football team their defense is they're fun to watch so I will catch a part of this game just to uh to watch that defense in action, especially with Chase Young and Montez Sweat, the way they're playing. It's uh, Jonathan Allen. It's a thing of beauty. This next game is the New Orleans Saints at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Saints are favored by seven points. That's a whole touchdown, an extra point. And I got to say, I think they do it. Eagles, they're, you know, Jalen Hurts is making his quarterback debut. And this is a tough game to make your quarterback debut. This is a, one of the top defenses in the NFL. So I expect the Eagles offense to struggle a little bit. The over-unders 44 points. I'm taking the under. I think the Saints will score uh, you know, in the 20s, almost maybe 30s, but I don't think the Eagles are going to score very much. I just think they're really going to limit Hurts. And uh, it will be fun to say during the game, Hurts to Hurts. Hurts to Hurts. And Really, that's going to be about it. <laughs> that's the only thing I'm probably looking forward to in this Eagles game. Uh, on the Saints, you know, it, it looks good when you kind of just look at the game where you're thinking, man, there's going to be a lot of good fantasy production. But then you really dive into it, and there's not. There's really not a lot that I like in this game from a fantasy football perspective. I'm starting Michael Thomas just because he's the guy. He gets all the targets. He's the best receiver. And then uh, Tyquan Smith. He's been kind of sneaky. He doesn't get a lot of volume, but he scored last week. He, he's he been scoring, uh, you know, in a couple games. And uh, that's good enough for me to think that uh, if he can just get a couple more yards on, on top of his touchdowns that he could be a good play. Jared Cook, he disappeared for the beginning of Taysom Hill's QB era, but then came back last week. And so I think he has a good week. The Eagles aren't very good at defending the tight end, so I like Cook in this one. And then sitting everybody else, uh, you know, Taysom Hill, I think, has a really bad game compared to what we're used to seeing. Alvin Kamara, as much as I like him, and he's usually matchup proof, I don't see him making a huge difference in this Eagles game. Obviously, Latavius Murray, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, I think, again, Smith gets the targets that Sanders would normally get. And uh, yeah, so. There's a there's a there's a lot that I don't like that I thought I would like, like Kamara and Taysom. Uh but uh for on the Eagles side of the ball, I I like Dallas Goddard and <laughs> that's really it. I like Goddard and uh even with Ertz coming back last week, Goddard seemed to be the number one tight end in, in getting majority of the targets. I think that continues. Uh, so I think he can, he may get a touchdown uh Hertz might be able to run for a touchdown, but I, I don't see a lot of scoring production from the Eagles. I'm benching basically everyone else. Miles Sanders, Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham, Zach Ertz. Um We just need to see more of this offense with Jalen Hurts to see how it's going to be. And especially during a playoff matchup, I'm not taking that risk. So they are safely on my bench because I like to win championships and I like to win playoff games. This next game is the Atlanta Falcons at the Los Angeles Chargers. Falcons are favored by 2.5 points, and I kind of agree with that. I I like the Falcons defense. They're playing better. I'll take the Falcons. I think they win by at least a field goal. But I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. The over-under is 49 points, and I'm taking the over. I just... uh... But here's the thing. A lot of people are talking up this Atlanta Falcons defense like they're going to really uh, kind of shut out Justin Herbert. And uh, based off of what happened last week in New England. And uh, granted, the Falcons are improving. They're doing better defensively. But I, I don't... Uh, the Falcons are still the Falcons. They still have a weak secondary. I think Justin Herbert's going to just dominate. I think he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks. He's definitely in the top five for me in this week. I, I don't care what people say. And you can come at me... You know, after the week to say how wrong I was, if I am wrong. But I, I like this matchup a lot for Justin Herbert, and I, I think he's going to just roll the, the Falcons' secondary uh, on his back. So uh, I'm starting, obviously, Justin Herbert. I'm starting Keenan Allen. I'm starting Mike Williams. I'm starting Hunter Henry. If Hunter Henry can hold on to the ball, he's going to be effective and he might even score a touchdown. Keenan Allen, he's just going to be a, a Target hog. He's going to get most of the the targets from Herbert, and Mike Williams is the big play guy. So I don't know how it's going to go, obviously, but I like all those options, and either uh, like any of the three or all three could have a big game. So uh, I'm sitting Austin Eckler. Just uh, don't like him in this matchup. The Falcons do a decent job against the running back. Austin Eckler was kind of disappointing last week, so. He's on my bench this week. I I think it's going to be a passing game for the Los Angeles Chargers. For the Atlanta Falcons, I'm starting Matt Ryan because as much as I like Justin Herbert, I like Matt Ryan as well on the other side. So that's why I think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, Todd Gurley, he's a great start. uh, But watch his injury. He's been limited in practice, so he's probably going to play. But that doesn't mean that Edo Smith isn't going to jump into some of his carries and that's what makes him a, a scary start like I, I would start him if he was healthy I think he could be a dominant play if he was healthy but uh, the fact that he could be limited a little bit in the game makes me shy away from him a tad but uh, you know especially at running back you don't always have too many options to go with so I think Todd Gurley is definitely a top 24 play um, yeah uh, Calvin Ridley calvin ridley is on my sit i don't think that he's going to be effective this game julio jones has not been practicing so he might not play in that case I, I do like calvin ridley because i think someone needs to get the targets but if julio jones plays he's the guy that you need to start in this game over calvin ridley and Hayden Hurst because the Chargers give up a lot of points to the tight end other than that yeah that's uh, that's pretty much it uh, again, i'm pretty excited about this game from a scoring perspective. I think it's going to have a lot of fantasy football relevance it's going to be fun they 're going to score over fifty points and uh you want to be you know you, you don't want to make the mistake of benching any of these players in this matchup. Mm-hmm. This next game is the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions, and it 's a sneaky game. Mostly because you look at it and you're like, man, the Packers are going to destroy the Lions. It's just inevitable. But I liked what I saw from the Lions offense last week without uh, Matt Patricia there. The Lions play well against the Packers at home. This was a house of horrors for Brett Favre for many years. And looking back on the Green Bay Packers games against the Lions previously, it's been pretty close. And the Lions have played the Packers well. So, although I love, absolutely love Aaron Rodgers in this matchup, it scares me a little bit at the same time because things that are supposed to happen here don't always happen and Lions always play Packers better than what we think uh you know or how we think they're going to play them. So, I'm starting Aaron Rodgers because again, I love him in this matchup. I think he's uh, going to be a top play. I'm starting Aaron Jones as well. Lions can't defend the running backs, and Aaron Jones receiving and rushing is a top play here for your playoff team. Jamal Williams, I like him as well. I think he can take some targets away in receiving game and then uh, obviously some volume rushing the ball as well. So Jamal Williams is kind of a flex play for me in this one. And then Devontae Adams, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. I like both of those guys. I I hate to say Valdez Scantling in a playoff game, But there's just something about this matchup here that I think he can really exploit and just have a great game. Uh, I'm sitting Alan Lazard in this one. kind of injured. hasn't been practicing uh, fully. And uh, it kind of scares me going into this game. I need to see more from him. And then Robert Tanyan, I'm benching too. It's not a good game for him. Lions do all right against the tight end. For the Detroit Lions, I'm thinking about starting Matthew Stafford. And you're going to think I'm crazy, but... Hear me out on this. Matthew Stafford, without fail, like I even joke about it, but then it becomes true. He does well against good or bad matchups, but then does horrible against good matchups. And this, you know, the Packers do well against the quarterback position. So I'm thinking, wow, this is a Matthew Stafford game or he just lights it up. And you don't expect it. So I'm taking the plunge and I'm starting him. If you have a two-quarterback lead, I would start him too. I know it's the playoffs and you you know you you need to get this one right but I'm giving you assurance that this was the right move Matthew Stafford is going to impress people DeAndre Swift if he plays I like him um I don't like him as much as I would he'd actually be one of my top plays this week because of how bad the Packers are against the running back position I'm just not sure if Adrian Peterson is going to dip into his volume a little bit because DeAndre Swift's coming back from a concussion some injury and uh, they might decide to spread the ball around a little bit between uh, Peterson and uh, and Swift. So, um, Quentin Seifus or Seifus, the Wisconsin rookie receiver, I like him a lot. You know, they wave Marvin Hall. Cephas is a guy that I think is a great play here, and uh, he had a lot of targets last week, and I think that continues. And they're going to use him and see what they have in him, and he could be a good play here. And surprise people, and especially in like fan duels and things, he's pretty cheap. So he could be a cheap option that you can throw out there and uh, surprise people with. Marvin Jones, I'm sitting. T.J. Hawkinson, I'm sitting. Dammy, Danny, Dammy, <laughs> Danny Amendola, I am sitting as well. So sit everyone else. Uh, I think the Packers can. Uh, they do a good job against the receivers, and uh, I really just like Cephas in this as as the receivers. So there you go. The Packers are favored by seven and a half points. Again, this is Detroit. Packers are playing at Detroit. So give me Detroit every day of the week on this. I don't think they win by more than a touchdown. And uh, the over-under is 55 points. I'm taking the under. It's always a little more lower. or It's always lower scoring than what we think in this type of matchup. So give me the under on the 55. And, uh yeah, this is a game I'm excited about just because it. these are the types of games that don't go according to plans or, or what the stats say and that's definitely the case with the Packers playing uh, at Detroit now it's time for the Sunday night game Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills and the Bills are favored by two and a half points and I, I kind of agree here with that, I, I think the Steelers are going to give them a, a game But, you know, under a field goal for the Bills at home, I'm going to take it, especially with how bad the Steelers' offense has been lately. They, you know, the receivers can't catch the ball. Now, if I thought the receivers and the tight end could catch the ball, maybe I would kind of steer towards the Steelers. But it's been two weeks now, and until I see differently, I'm going with the Bills. The over-under is 46.5. I'm taking the under on this. There's not a lot of fantasy relevance. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. Uh, not a lot of scoring. Both offenses are going to be kind of dragged in the mud. I'm starting Ben Roethlisberger, however, just because, uh, again, I don't think his team can catch the ball, but he's going to be throwing it to a lot of different options. So collectively, I think he has a good outing that's going to be worthwhile. And uh, James Conner's back from COVID, so that's important because their running game couldn't look any worse. James Conner's a start here against the Bills because Bills have given up a lot of yards uh, to the running back and the Bills defense in general they have a lot of good players but as like collectively they don't play very well together and they give up a lot of points a lot of yards and I can't figure it out because their defense should be way better than how they're playing and it's one of the few defenses where you're like okay like why are they so bad I just don't know Um, anyways uh, Deontay Johnson I'm starting and uh, Eric Ebron, I'm starting. And I know what you're thinking. Those are the dudes that keep dropping the ball. And it's true, but they're also getting a lot of targets. So if, even if they drop like three balls, they're going to, you know, Ebron gets like eight targets. Jonte Johnson gets nine to 11 targets. That's still a lot of room for some production. So I'm starting both of them. And then uh, I'm sitting everybody else. Uh, Chase Claypool, he's been kind of benched for James Washington at times last week. I don't know why, but uh, it makes me nervous playing him in a, you know, in the playoffs. This is the playoff matchup, so I'm trying to be extra diligent here and uh, careful with who I try to tell you to start and sit. Because uh, there's, you know, you make a mistake, you, it might be your last mistake. <laughs> so uh, Chase Claypool, I'm sitting. Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, I'm sitting as well. I, I don't like them in this matchup. Then for the Bills, I'm basically sitting everybody on the Bills. The Steelers' defense is pretty good. and uh, If Vince Williams doesn't play, maybe I like Cole Beasley a little bit better. But for now, I have Diggs, uh, Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, and uh, Dawson Knox on the bench. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss I have on the bench. Steelers stop the run, and they get most of their rushing yards from Josh Allen anyways. Bills do a good job of, of rushing the ball just with their quarterback. So... Uh, Josh Allen I have on the bench here just because he's kind of injured a little bit Uh, he might not play so if he doesn't that is a huge shift where I would probably take the Steelers on the point spread but in this matchup here I I just don't like Josh Allen I I think the Steelers are going to focus on him and bottle him up. So who would I start on the Bills? I would start one person. Gabriel Davis that's right. Gabriel Davis he's He's the guy that's going to be getting the touchdown receptions. Defenses are are going to ignore him because they're going to be focused on Diggs and Beasley. So I think that's going to open up a little bit for Davis to have a decent game. And the Steelers are going to say, we'll let Gabriel Davis beat us. That's fine. We just don't want these other guys to. And Gabriel Davis will not, you know, he will beat them. (laughs) He'll have a pretty good game. So... uh, yeah, this is should be a good Sunday night game. It has a lot of playoff implications, so this is what you want from a Sunday night game, and I hope it delivers. This Monday night game is going to be a thriller. It's the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns, and i got to give it to Cleveland Browns fans. They're really high on the horse. It doesn't take a lot for them to get excited, and and I get it. They've had to deal with a lot of mediocre football, so they get to 8-3, and three and they think that they're going to the Super Bowl well I have bad news for Cleveland Browns fans this is what kind of happens is good things happen to the Browns fans get excited get overconfident the Browns football team gets overconfident and excited and then they lay a dud and they lose a game that not necessarily that they shouldn't but kind of they lose a game that sets them back to reality and then they start to cycle over again where they're doubting themselves they creep back into it they feel good about themselves and then they lay you know they lay another dud and this is going to be that type of game the baltimore ravens are favored by one point and i'm taking them i think the ravens win so uh it's pretty much a push when it's a one point uh spread but the over-under is 45.5, and that's just way too high for this game. This is, gonna, this is AFC North football. I don't expect it to be high-scoring. I'm taking the under on this. For sure I'm taking the under on this. Starting-wise, there's, there's not a lot of starts for me. For the Ravens, I'm starting Lamar Jackson. I'm starting Mark Andrews. And I'm starting Willie Sneed if he plays. If Willie Sneed plays, the Browns give up so many yards to the slot receiver. I think those two guys are just going to have excellent games. It's going to be their whole offense. And uh, so you need to start those guys. Benching everyone else. I, I know it's hard to bench J.K. Dobbins after the week that he had, but the Cleveland Browns do an excellent job at stopping the run. So that's going to be their main focus, and that's why I like Snead and Andrews so much is, you know, they can incorporate some of that play action and uh, really get, uh, get the Browns off balance in this game. So Gus Edwards, I'm sitting him as well. Hollywood Brown, Miles Boykins, I'm sitting, I'm sitting. And I mentioned Miles Boykins just because he scored a touchdown last week. I don't expect him to be relevant again for a while uh, just because Lamar Jackson really can't hit his receivers. And that includes Hollywood Brown. Like, Okay, we're done talking about that. Anyway, starting on the Cleveland Browns, I'm starting Austin Hooper. Ravens do give up points to the tight end. That's about it. And uh, I'm not starting anyone else besides Austin Hooper. I think that's the only person that they can rely on. Uh, Kareem Hunt I don't like at all in this game A lot of people are saying that uh, Since he had a bad week last week That this is going to be his game I don't like that uh, Nick Chubb, I mean you're starting Nick Chubb Because he's a great running back I think he's one of the top running backs in the league But don't expect a big outing from Nick Chubb in this one I think the Ravens bottle him up They have a great run defense And uh, like, uh, you know, like I said That's going to be their focus Basically both teams' focus is going to be Stopping the run in this one Jarvis Landry, I don't like. I don't think he has a good game just because, you know, the Ravens have given up more yards to wide receivers than you would expect with how great their cornerbacks are. But that's just because their safeties are so bad. Hollywood Higgins. It's Hollywood Higgins versus Hollywood Brown. It's the battle of the Hollywoods. I like Hollywood Higgins better than Hollywood Brown, but I still don't think Hollywood Higgins is fantasy relevant. He might score a touchdown, but he might only get like 20 yards receiving, so... That scares me a little bit. He's on my bench. And, uh, yeah, Baker Mayfield, obviously, he's on the bench. I think the Ravens really fluster him. The, uh make him make some mistakes. And uh, it's, it's going to be one of those games where, you know, again, you build up Baker Mayfield, excited for the progress he's making, and then this is a game he takes the two steps back after getting all that praise. So we'll see if it uh, unfolds that way but I'm, inter- I'm interested in watching this this definitely has a lot of playoff imp- implications Baltimore can't lose any more games they need to win basically the rest of their games to make it so they have a lot at stake here and more at stake than the Browns and that's why I like the Baltimore Ravens in this one now it's time for the Burke and Miz the Wiz Malkabon Stars of the Week let's see who they are It's the Stars of the Week time, and this is the part of the show where we try to predict the top three at each position, so let's get at it, let's see how we do. Quarterback, Stars of the Week, number three is Aaron Rodgers at Detroit. I know, I know, I was saying that uh, Packers struggle in Detroit, and this might not be the game that we think it is, but I like the matchup regardless, and I can't go against the stats in this one, so... I'm picking Aaron Rodgers at Detroit to be the number three star of the week. Um, number two, Phillip Rivers at the Raiders. like Phillip Rivers. I don't normally like Philip Rivers, but I like him against the Raiders. I saw what Sam Darnold did against the Raiders last week, and when I saw Philip Rivers there, I'm like, you know, Phillip Rivers could probably do a little bit better than that. And I like his weapons. He has better receivers. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., He has a a plethora of tight ends, a three-headed dragon of tight ends in Mo Alley-Cox, Jake Doyle, and of course Trey Burton, who's getting most of the action at tight end. So give me Philip Rivers all day. We're forgetting Naheem Hines and his pass-catching ability out of the backfield, so I just really like this matchup for Philip Rivers. And then number one is Russell Wilson versus the Jets. Russell Wilson has had a tough go, but he's had really tough matchups. And so I think when he gets this type of matchup against the Jets, he's just going to dominate. I mean, we saw what Derek Carr did last week. I think Russell Wilson can have something similar, except for, um, yeah, he might rush for a few more touchdowns. Derek Carr got one rushing touchdown. Russell Wilson might be able to get a couple. Uh, regardless, he's going, you know, I expect three or four touchdowns from Wilson alone in this game. Running back. My number three running back is James Robinson, the Jacksonville Jaguars running back, going up against the Titans. Titans defense is just, they give up points to everybody. And James Robinson, doesn't matter the matchup, he's been matchup proof. So this is just crazy. An undrafted rookie running back basically is the best rookie running back in the league right now. I can't think of a rookie running back doing better than him at this point, and uh you know, if you're lucky to draft him at the end of the draft, good for you. More than likely you picked him up as a free agent. And uh he's been paying off in, in spades so far. Number two is David Montgomery, Chicago Bears running back versus the Texans. Texans also give up a lot of rushing yards. David Montgomery had a great game last week, two touchdowns, so he's on everybody's radar in this matchup. And I wanted to ignore it, but I just couldn't. And I, I like the Bears commitment to using montgomery more and in more creative ways so i I think he's gonna have a great game here and he's my number two running back of the week and then number one is derrick henry at the jaguars because derrick henry at the jaguars is always my number one always he annihilates the jaguars and i said this last time and then uh, derrick henry kind of had a dud of a game but when you look back on it uh I th- I think that was his only bad game in like the last like five times he's played the Jaguars. He's just uh, dominates his performance, and I expect another big performance from Derrick Henry here uh, again. At uh, wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, a Minnesota Vikings wide receiver against the Buccaneers. Chiefs figured them out. Uh, they give up a lot of passing yards. They can stop the run uh, with the best of them but they do give up a lot of passing yards and Justin Jefferson, I just feel is going to dominate this performance. Uh, and, and really be kind of the difference in the game to keep this close. So he's, he's a, uh, he's going to be my number three receiver. My number two is DK Metcalf for Seattle. Obviously Russell Wilson has to throw it to somebody. They're, they're playing against the jets. I like Tyler Lockett too. And I almost picked him, but, uh, I don't see anyone on the Jets that can guard DK Metcalf, so why would you ignore him in this one? So DK Metcalf is going to be my number two receiver. And then my number one, of course, I think I had him number one last week, Devontae Adams at the the, the Lions. The Green Bay Packers receiver is getting balls from Aaron Rodgers. And I just like that connection a lot. So even if Detroit does play it close, like they normally do against the Packers, I still expect this connection to be uh pretty golden and uh, worthwhile so he's my number one receiver at tight end I have Jordan Reed from the 49ers against Washington they're at home the 49ers are and Washington gives up a lot of points to the tight end Jordan Reed is a playmaker at tight end if he can stay healthy I really like this matchup and I think he's a top three number two is Dalton Schultz the Dallas Cowboys tight end against the Bengals And I don't know why I think this, because there's so many options, and this could be a boom or bust type pick. There's just something that makes me, like, I try to get away from this, and I can't. I always go back to Dalton Schultz in this matchup against the Bengals. Bengals give up so many yards to the tight end. I'm just ruling with Dalton Schultz, and I think he's a top three tight end this week. And then, of course, my number one, Baltimore Ravens tight end, coming back from COVID, Mark Andrews. He's playing the Cleveland Browns at Cleveland. And now that the band's kind of back together, Lamar Jackson has a s- safety blanket. And I like Lamar Jackson, too. We'll talk about that. But um, I I think uh, Mark Andrews is going to dominate this performance. I th- think, obviously, from my preview, I, I picked the Ravens to beat the Browns. I think the reason for that is Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews' connection coming back. Uh, Ravens have definitely missed Mark Andrews' production, so... There you have it. There's our stars of the week. And let's see how it goes. Our work here is done. All our analysis and opinions are complete and in the podcast. So now it's time to sit and enjoy the games. You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz a fantasy football podcast. This is Ms. the Wiz Montabon. We appreciate you listening. You can follow us on any podcast station. We're everywhere. Google, Apple, Spotify, you name it. We're there. Listen, like us, follow us, give us good reviews, do all the above. And, uh, yeah, in the meantime, cheers and enjoy week 14.